It's Fire Away Friday. Fire Away Friday. On Exploring the Word, this is your chance to ask us your Bible question at 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. You can also email your question at word at AFR.net or visit Facebook.com slash Exploring the Word. Exploring the Word. It's Fire Away Friday on American Family Radio. What are the Gnostic Gospels? Why aren't books still being added to the Bible today? What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And how do we know that Jesus really rose from the dead? Well, do you know what those are? Those are some of the more than 100 questions in the upcoming book, 100 Bible Questions and Answers. Bert and I had the privilege of writing that book, and it's coming out very soon. And we want to say with those questions and the questions we'll get to today on Exploring the Word, welcome to the program. This is Fire Away Friday, and uh, I want to give that number because for the whole hour, we're going to take your Bible questions, and Bert and I will do our best to give a factual, practical answer, and it's our honor to do so, but the number is 888-589-8840, and Bert, you know, I I look through this list of questions, and um, in a way, the 100 questions that comprise our book, uh, there could have been 300 questions, but uh, the publisher... We started out with 200. Publishers said, well, how about we do 100 (laughs) questions and answers? But we're excited that this book is coming out in just a few weeks. Yeah, with my kind of sense of humor, I'd say, let's do 99, you know, plus one. Uh, But we're looking forward to it. And uh, again, uh, first printing, we're looking forward to people getting it. And we want it to bring glory to the Lord. That's the ultimate. and, And people be saved because... Uh, They'll read that book, Know How to Know Christ as Savior. It is good. Speaking of knowing Jesus as Savior, we're coming up on the last day of National Truth for Youth Bible Week. And Mm -hmm. uh, we, you know, we work with Revival uh, Fires. Tim Todd, he was on with us uh, Monday, and then he had a special 30-minute program on yesterday for the first 30 minutes of Exploring the Word. But you can be a part, order these Bibles, give them to your youth, and let those youth take them to school and give them away. And you can do that by visiting truthforyouth.com truthforyouth.com, and you can order your your Bibles, and they'll send it to you. This is free. Now, if you order more and you want some to give away as a group, you can do that as well. You'll get it at their cost. Or you can, here's one more number. Now, this is not the number you call for the questions, but this is the number you call to order your Bibles, 800-733-4737. Truth for Youth Bible Week. Let's go out with a bang. Looking forward to hearing the final results next week. How many Bibles were ordered, Alex? Amen. That's wonderful. Well, uh, I'll be at an event an hour from now with uh, 100 English and 100 Spanish, and pray for me. We're going to give those out to teenagers as uh, school prepares to resume. And, you know, let me just say about the Truth For Youth Bibles, the way they're printed, the cover is very beautiful. Uh, It's the New Testament in a really readable, understandable, but very accurate modern translation. But at the front of the, uh, the, the Truth For Youth Bible is the story of Jesus 
in picture form. I'm not going to call it a comic book because that just doesn't do it justice. It's so it's very very wonderfully drawn. The the real term in publishing is called a graphic novel. But kids love this. We've gotten these before. Teenagers, they just can't put it down. And these Truth For Youth Bibles, they bring the story of Jesus to young people. And that's something I'm always on board with. Amen. Well, you and me both. Both of us have served as youth ministers and uh, still love to work with them and connect with them. <laughs> and that's just part of life. I, I pray if, that, if you have to grow up not to connect with teenagers, I won't ever completely grow up. I, I enjoy that relationship. Well, Alex, we've got people online ready to ask their questions. Are you ready to go? It's Fire Away Friday, and we're so glad you're listening. 888-589-8840. Call us with your Bible question. Bert, where shall we go first? Let's go to the great state of Louisiana and talk to Miller. Miller, welcome. Hey, brother. How are you? Um, my question is it's kind of got several parts to it, but it's all about biblically who are the angels listed in the Bible. I've only come up with three, Lucifer, Gabriel, and Michael. But, you know, I've been hearing stuff lately about the the cherubim, and I'd like to get your take on the difference between angels and cherubim, because I, I just, I don't see where they're the same. And that, But the other thing mainly is uh, the names of Lucifer for Satan and the devil is, I mean, am I right that that's, that's what that is, but the angel is Lucifer. And okay. I just get y'all's take on that. Okay, thank you, Miller. Thank you for calling. You know, angels, let's let's go to the Greek on this. Alex is usual the one that does the Greek, but uh, angels is a transliteration of the Greek word, Miller. Uh, it mm. means messenger, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and God has all kinds of messengers, even in the heavenly realm. And the cherubim, I think they are a part of that angel brigade that's flying around singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The earth is full of his glory. And Alex, uh, but they are messengers of God. And mm-hmm. uh, and so I'll leave it at that. Go ahead and exp- go further if you need to, and then go to Lucifer. Well, I always love to recommend this book because I think it's a classic uh, by Billy Graham, Angels. And the subtitle is so great, God's Secret Agents by Billy Graham. If you want a book to get you started on the study of angels, the Billy Graham book is a great place to start. You know, even as the caller was speaking, and by the way, thank you, Miller, for this very wonderful question. Um, Angels are a class of created being. Uh, The four classes of created life, human life, plant life, animal life, and angelic life. Now, the the most well-known angels, if you ask anybody, name angels that are mentioned in the Bible, they'll say Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer, who fell and became Satan. But I I thought of two more that are mentioned. One is, I'm sure a lot of people have it on their mind, uh, Apollyon, that is mentioned in Revelation. This this, uh, angel from out of the abyss, this fallen angel, In Hebrew, it's Abaddon. In Greek, it's Apollyon, which means destroyer. But there are two other names for, I think, the same uh, referent, but also in the Bible is mentioned Beelzebub, which is this, imagine the 
the very famous novel Lord of the Flies. That's what Beelzebub means. And, you know, a fly is such a, a pest. And uh, Beelzebub, I think, is one of the names of Satan because in Matthew 10, 25, um, it's talking about Beelzebub. And uh, Matthew 12, 24 says Beelzebub is, quote, ruler of the demons. Well, that's a reference to Satan. So Lucifer, Satan, Beelzebub, I think that's all the same fallen angel. But then during the uh, tribulation, this uh, name for Apollyon, destroyer. But let me say this, Bert, as fascinating as angels are, and they are, and you think about the, the two-thirds of the non-fallen angels who serve God, Michael and Gabriel and all the others that aren't named, but as much as it's interesting to think about angels and what they might do, uh, we need to focus on God and the Holy Spirit. And the only reason I say that, Bert, is um, some years ago, I think there was an almost unhealthy obsession with angels. And we don't pray to angels. We can't communicate with angels. Shouldn't try. We only commune with God and the Holy Spirit. But um, angels are fascinating. And make sure that what you know about angels is derived from Scripture and not from outside sources that might claim to have encountered an angel because the Word of God is the only definitive trustworthy source on such things, I would say, Bert. It is. And let me go along with you about Billy Graham's book, Angels. I remember the first time I read it years and years ago, I honestly couldn't put it down because what it did, it showed the work of the angels as God used them uh, they were not independent, all their own, no, and uh, but it was God showing himself through their care, and uh, I'll agree with you, great book. Thank you so much, uh, Miller. Let's go to Texas and talk to Jess. Jesse, welcome. Hello. Yes, go right ahead. So I, I forgot the question I was going to ask you, but I have another one. Go ahead. So. So it's, um, why did Pilate ask, what is truth whenever Jesus said, everyone that is of the truth hears my voice? Okay. Why did Pilate say, what is truth? Well, he was confronting truth. He, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus had already said something about his kingdom being of truth. And again, I think he had, I don't, Alex, you may disagree. I don't think it was a real uh, question of investigating. I think it was off the what is truth? In other words, mm -hmm. uh, your truth, my truth, our truth. Uh, I think he had, he would have fit in the, with our age when people are saying my truth or your truth. I think Pilate may have fit into that age. What about you? Uh, well, yeah, you're right. And and I tend to agree that in John 18, Pilate kind of was dismissive and psh, what is truth? You know, like it's not significant. Bert, I fear a lot of people today dismiss truth as being unimportant. But truth is really important because uh, the, the classic definition is is as follows. Truth is that which corresponds to reality. In other words, truth is the way things really are. And people say things that are untrue. Sometimes people believe things that are untrue. But honestly, 
the most worthwhile pursuit that you could ever give yourself to is the pursuit of of knowing what is true, what is real. You know, uh, Jesus said that he is the truth personified. And uh, I would say this, Bert, if, if you discount Jesus, if you've pushed Jesus aside, you don't really know truth until you know Jesus. You know, let me expand on that. We won't have time to answer a question in, in this segment. But you have that which is true. You have truths, plural, and then you have the truth. Jesus is the truth. He is the way. And and it is all seated in him. And then you have those things that are true. Uh, you know, they, it's not false. It is true. But then you have truths. That, that idea comes from the scriptures that uh, you bank on, the truths, the truth of salvation, uh, the truth of of what God does in our lives, Alex, the truth of the Word of God. So Jesus is the centerpiece, and no wonder he would say, you know, uh, if you've known me, you would know the Father because it is uh, is not just truths that he speaks. He is the truth. And so I appreciate that, Jesse, for that good call. By the way, Alex, while we don't have time, I was wanting to tell people also about the fishbowl retreat. We still okay. got places and uh, for you to come and be a part of it. October the 19th through the 21st of this year, it's going to be at Pickwick Landing State Park near Savannah, Tennessee. And Ed Vitagliano, Ed, uh, J.J. Jasper is going to be there. And then Jan and I will be teaching and sharing and get to know you. So go to repairingthefoundations.net, repairingthefoundations.net, register today. Hey, we're going to be back with more of your questions in just a moment. Don't go away as Exploring the Word continues. This is Pause to Pray. A chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Randy Moore, Chief of the United States Forest Service. His office administers the nation's 154 national forests and 20 national grasslands, totaling 193 million acres of land. Psalm 115.16 reminds us that the earth is a gift from God. The heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Randy Moore as he leads the United States Forest Service. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, Go to pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says people can discuss, debate, theorize, and speculate all they want. But when it comes down to it, there's only one opinion that matters. He'll tell us more about that today as we spend two minutes with Tony. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 says that the final word God has spoken, his final word through his son. Jesus is the final word. He's not just the final word on church stuff. He's the final word on A to Z stuff. 
He's the final word on singlehood. He's the final word on marriage. He's the final word on parents. He's the final word on children. He's the final word on money. He's the final word on life. He's the final word on death. He's the final word on eternity. He's the final word on heaven. He's the final word on hell. He's the final, he is the final word on all subject matter. He says, I am Alpha and Omega. That is why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25, do not refuse him who is speaking. When Jesus speaks, don't turn away from him. Don't say, I'm not listening to that. Do not refuse him who is speaking. And he says, he speaks in two ways. He says, he speaks through his word. That's Alpha and Omega. But if he can't get you attention through his word, he shakes up your circumstances. He says he shakes up, shake, rattle, and roll. He will shake up your circumstances until your way is clearly not the way. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 27 and 28 says all of life revolves around Jesus Christ. The Bible makes it clear that there's only one way to guarantee an eternal future in heaven. Visit TonyEvans.org, click on the Jesus link in the top menu, and Tony will tell you all about it and connect you with some free resources that'll walk you through the next steps. Check it out today, then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Now, back to the Bible study, you're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. It's about the cross, it's about my sin, it's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about the stone. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex and Bert here, and I want to give that number. It's 888 Hey, by the way, before we get back to the calls, let me say a word for the Truth for a New Generation Apologetics Conference coming up October 15 through 17, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Uh, registration is only $24.95. There are group discounts, discounts on hotels. Uh, you go to my website, alexmcfarland.com. Bert, I'm really excited because earlier this afternoon, I... Uh, I haven't signed the contract, but I verbally confirmed it. We're doing billboards. We've never done billboards before for advertising, but we bought five billboards. We didn't buy the billboards, but we rented. And we're going to be advertising the TNG conference with myself, Frank Turek, Sandy Rios, E.W. Jackson, Miki Addison, and more. And, Bert, we're going to be talking about a biblical response to the woke movement. We're also going to be talking about how you can reach young people, and we've got some national leaders that will be here that will sit down and meet with your people from your church. If you need coaching on how to do youth ministry and reach and retain young people, but it's worldview, it's defending the Christian faith in the 21st century, and so it's October 15 through 17, Myrtle Beach, First Baptist Church. It's truth for a new generation, apologetics and worldview. Doesn't matter where you are, there are tons of hotels and of all uh, affordability levels. So go to my website, alexmcfarland.com, and let's get equipped to stand strong for truth. And to be back doing the things that you know you were called to do, Alex, and I know 2020 was tough on you. You're an evangelist, you're an equipper, you're an apologist that goes and so I'm so excited about that, and we're praying. God, I pray that Truth for a New Generation this year would come mm. back so strong that people would be there and they would be equipped, and Father, to more than anything, to know Jesus and to make him known. 
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Let's go right now. We got people online. We're going to Indiana and talk to Ramona. Ramona, welcome. Thank you. Um, I've got a quick question. I'm kind of not really confused, but kind of lost here. Um, I've been saved for several years. Um, I've been praying and asking. See, I feel like the Lord has saved me for a purpose, for a reason. And I'm wanting to further the kingdom, but I don't know, like, what my gift is, what my purpose is. But I keep praying about it, and I'm talking to my pastor, so I figure I'd shoot this one to you guys, see what you had to say. Okay. Well, praise mm-hmm. the Lord, Ramona, serving him. Let me ask you, or, or stay there for a moment. Let me ask you something. What do you enjoy the most doing in service to our Lord? What, um, what do you enjoy the most? really doing anything to help out. I mean, I've taught Sunday school. I've knocked on doors, you know, passed out tracks. I've cleaned the churches. I mean, I've done it all, but I feel like I'm still missing something. Like, like I haven't discovered what my actual true calling or purpose is yet. Okay. Well, I tell you purpose. It's to glorify the Lord. Sounds like you're doing that. Keep it on serving him. Now, let me just share, and then I'll turn you over to Alex. Uh, You already mentioned three different things that uh, show gifts. One is service, serving him. That is one of the greatest spiritual gifts I know anything about, just serving uh, one another. So, Alex, my experience, some of those people in our church, th- they were amazing at how they would serve and serve others, serve, uh, you know, outside and do things. And then you talked about teaching. Sounds like that's a gift and sounds like you have some uh, uh, encouragement, the gift of encouragement. Alex, go ahead. Talk to Ramona. Well, well, first of all, Ramona, I just want to commend you, and you, you bless my heart just hearing how you've served the Lord in so many ways, and just so selflessly, and for the Lord. And uh, I, I want to tell you one of your purposes, and you, you may not realize it, but you're an example. You are, I just, I can tell by listening to you, you are such a good role model for what it means to be a disciple. Because, you know, I've often told this story about my friend Lee Strobel, uh, incredible best-selling author, brilliant defender of the faith. But what a lot of people don't know, for a long time, he lived in Chicago, and the way he served his church was on Sunday mornings, and I think about in those cold Chicago winters, he would go out and help direct traffic in the parking lot and put out the traffic cones to direct the cars coming in. And here's this guy who's a big author, but he enjoyed serving the Lord in in the mundane, quote-unquote, where there was a need. So, do you know, oftentimes, Bert, I I feel like that our purpose or the niche that we fit in is something we just kind of stumble upon in the course of being obedient day by day. Um, At least in my case, I, I, I don't know that God gives you some great roadmap all at once, but as you walk with Jesus and you serve uh, this, this assignment today and this other assignment over a few months and then another assignment, uh, doesn't it seem to be maybe, Bert, that we, we discern the grand plan retrospectively and I, we look back and we see how he led us all along? I agree with you. It is, it, 
it becomes revelatory. God will reveal as you serve him. I want to give you a real quick story. I won't take long, but listen to this, Ramona. This is one of my favorite stories about our founder, Don Wildman. Uh, we had a man that came to be a part of AFA, and uh, they decided they'd like to go to church uh, where Brother Don and Linda, his wife, were at. And so he shows up on Sunday morning. He knew Brother Don was in town that weekend. So he came in, looked for him, didn't find him, didn't find him, wondering where and where he was. And did Brother Don not come to church today, of all things? He said, have I ever misread this man? And uh, pretty soon after that, he just asked someone, have y'all seen Brother Don Woman? He said, oh, yeah, he and Linda are in the nursery today. And mm. <laughs> that was serving the Lord. And if you ever knew Don Wallman when he was still in office and when the children came by, his, uh, you know, he was ready to receive them, loved them. And so serve the Lord, Ramona, right where you are. Keep on serving him. And uh, matter of fact, you may have one or two gifts. Now, I believe every believer has at least one of those spiritual gifts, but sometimes you have two, maybe three and uh, so, Ramona, keep serving him, and I believe it will be made known to you. And But you remember that old song, Serve the Lord with Gladness. So, I love uh, that. D- I That's do, true. too. Joy. Okay, thank you again, Ramona. Let's go to Tennessee and talk to Raphael. Raphael, welcome to Exploring the Word. Yeah, I just wanted to talk to you for a minute. I have, I've been struggling this year during this time, the everything that's going on, and you know, every day of my life, I feel like my dreams, my hopes, and everything I ask for God. Sometimes I feel like it's being taken away, and I have this feeling of doubt. So, so how do I overcome, you know, the sin of pride and doubt that I do have in my life that I've been struggling this year, you know, due to everything that's going on globally? Okay. Um, hey, go ahead, Alex. May I ask you— um, Dreams, um, in in what regard, if you don't mind me asking, like for your career or education, uh, what what kind of dreams, my friend? Just college and, and, you know, having a successful future ahead of me, and I want to have a good career, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. L- let, me, let me just say this, and Bert, you can piggyback on this. Do you know... Uh, I I get what you mean. I really do, and I know I'm I'm older than you probably because I'm in my fifties. Um, but I remember that time, you know, even after I got saved when I was in my early twenties, and I got saved, but I was still working on the farm for my dad, which really was an honor. But we we were poor. I mean, we were broke. And by the mid 1980s, my dad's little chicken business, we were three quarters of a million dollars in debt. And that, that's a lot of money now, but I'm going to tell you, in 1985, that was just, I mean, debilitating. And we were working and just getting nowhere and working hard, and uh, it seemed like with every quarter, uh, the chicken business was deeper in debt. And I, I felt hopelessness, even though I was a new Christian, I was. But um, I want to tell you something, and, and then I'll throw it to Bert. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. And brother, I promise you, I I mean, I have been there when I did not have enough money to go get a a hamburger and a Coke. I mean, really, a $2.99 meal 
and uh, even Angie and I, after we got married and I finished seminary, we paid every, we, I mean, we did everything we could, mow yards and all. I finished seminary, had $58 in the world. But I'm going to tell you something, and I promise you this. If you will put Jesus first and do not give up and work like the Dickens, and I mean work and live within your means, I promise you, brother, God will see to it that your time will come. Um, I wanted to be a writer, and I had people tell me that will never happen. That's crazy. Alex, just... uh, do the best you can. You'll be lucky if you can ever put tires on the car. And and I know success is not just financial, but I'm living proof, and, and I'm abbreviating this story. But you know what? I wanted to meet James Dobson, and God let me do that. I wanted to play on stage with the Beach Boys, and God let me do that. I wanted to marry Angie, and God let me do that. I prayed because uh, I believe God wanted me to be on the radio and uh, listen, the Lord has been so good to me, and I give him the glory. And, and if y'all listen to this show much, you know it's not, it's not anything of Alex. It's just the Lord. But I promise you, my friend, if you will um, yield your life to Jesus, he will make your dreams come true because your priorities will be shaped by his Holy Spirit. Your time will come. Hang in there. Let me share a scripture with you because certain times of your life uh, is true, Raphael. It will be enduring, enduring. Listen, listen to Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. There are certain times, uh, it's just the deep, difficult times of endurance. I remember playing basketball in high school, and but what we would do the first few weeks is nothing but get in shape. I mean, we mm. run the sprints. We would uh, run up and down the steps, and I mean, and you wanted to quit. At that time, you had to dig in and endure because, and Jesus said he endured because of the joy that set before him. So, Raphael, I, I, I agree with Alex. God wants to do this work, but right now you stay with him. You look unto Jesus. He's the author and finish of your faith. And uh, they're those difficult days, but I want to just tell you, those difficult days will be by which God launches you into those dreams. I I believe that. I've experienced that, and Alex has as well. So, Raphael, uh, we thank you for calling. Let's go up and talk to Christy from Missouri. Missouri. Christy, I got this question. Is it Missouri or Missouri? Hmm. Well, I'm the younger generation, so be Missouri for me. Okay. Well, I heard it was different. If you were north, uh, you know, of 70, Interstate 70, it was one, and south, it was the other. But anyway, Christy, what's it your question? Yeah. What, okay. What's your question for us? Um, I've uh, My husband and I, we've been married for a little over 11 years now, and uh, we've been uh, not preventing on having a, uh, having children, and it just hasn't happened. And so my, I guess my question would be, like, is that God saying that we are not meant to be parents? Or, uh, and, like, maybe we should just 
learn to, I, I know deal with it is probably the wrong way to say it, but <laughs> is, is that him just saying, be happy where you are? I, I don't know how to go about having the, you know, the baby fever and all that. And okay. What, what do I do with that? Okay, Christy, thank you for calling. Alex, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm throwing that to you, brother, right now. I'll have something well, to add, but you start first. Uh, let, let me ask you this. Is adoption an option? Uh, we did look into it um, for a little bit. The expense is actually a bit more than what we thought we could go through, which I guess is another thing is are we actually meant to parent our own kids? But uh, mm-hmm. my husband actually comes from an abusive home, and he was adopted out at an older age. And so he wow. doesn't think that he'd be able to hand, handle an uh, adopted or fostered child uh, because he he knows what it was like himself. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know what? Um, again, like the previous call, um, in a way, uh, your walk with the Lord and the issue of, of childlessness is something that can bring you and your spouse closer together and closer to the Lord. And in the case of Angie and me, you know what? We were married and uh, children just did not come along as they so often do. And with us, uh, they did not. And uh, we struggled with that for a while. We we did, and um, without I don't want to make this show about Angie and me, but um, you've heard me tell the story of looking after parents. And uh, uh, my mom and dad had extreme health issues and extreme needs, financial, emotional, physical. I mean, it, it really was almost a second career getting their lives sorted out. I mean, it really was. And then Angie's mom lived with us, and I'm not complaining. It was a joy, and we honestly did. Uh, My father, my mother, and then Angie's mother, we tried to do it as unto the Lord. And then we had a niece and a nephew that lived with us for for a long time, and then uh, other kids too. Bert, we realized that we didn't have biological children of our own because we parented and a whole bunch of other ways as well. That's the reason I wanted you to answer this one first, Alex. I appreciate you. Christy, we pray for you. Seek the Lord. Follow Him. He will direct your paths. A lot of people don't like to think about heaven as a place of work. But eternal life is exactly that. But it's different because it's work that is removed from the curse of the fall of Eden. Heavenly Works, an article by Jordan Shambly. This is why we were created, and this is part of being made in the image of God. God is a working God, and we were created to do His work. To read this article and more, visit EngageMagazine.net. Friendships is offering an exciting opportunity for young adults who want to grow in their walk with God, become physically fit, and learn relief ministry while serving in the Middle East. This is an amazing opportunity to serve God and experience Israel. Check out Seahawks one-year scholarship program at friendships.org or call 337-433-5022. That's 337-433-5022. The next session starts September 13th. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. My name is Abraham Hamilton III and this is the Hamilton Minute. BBC's Women's Hour asked social media followers to submit opinions about the best way to inform teenagers about age-appropriate pornography. 
The women's radio magazine program, which has been on the air since 1946, tweeted, what's the best way to inform teenagers about porn? Should there be age-appropriate porn? Corruption and depravity know no bounds. Keep in mind, this is a women's program calling for the objectification of women and the corruption of children. The strong push for the sexualization of children continues. Society has collectively become futile in their thinking due to darkened hearts. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. Psalm 143 verse 10 says, Let your good spirit lead me. A man washed his new aquarium really well before adding the water in the fish. The next morning, one of the fish had died, so he washed the tank again. The next morning, another fish was belly up in the tank. He called a friend who kept fish and said, What am I doing wrong? I washed the tank twice. His friend jumped in right then and said, Don't do that because residue from the soap will kill the fish. What the man was doing to help was really hurting. Leaders who use harsh tactics, criticism, condemnation, or constant nagging only hurt their followers. Jesus always leads with love, compassion, and grace. We'll lead others well when we lead like Jesus. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. I know the answer to every question, the one solution to every fear. I know my help and where it comes from. Jesus, He is the answer. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland, Bert Harper, the number 888. 888- 589-8840. You can also reach us word at AFR.net. We'd love to hear from you. But it's Fire Away Friday, and on we go to where, Bert? To Tennessee and talk to Ron. Ron, you're on there. Go ahead. First of all, I want to praise God and thank God. I love him, and he's been awesome to me. I went blind seven years ago. And it brought me closer to God. My question is today, it's about the book of Enoch and the book of Eve. Have y'all read them? And what do you think about them? I know they're not canonized. Okay, Ron, thank you. Uh, Praise the Lord. You're closer to the Lord. Amen. You know, when we depend upon him, uh, we tend to get closer to him. So amen, Ron. Alex, we've had these questions before. Go ahead. Well, you know what? There have been some uh, books that are sometimes called the Gnostic Gospels and some extra uh, biblical things and the um, uh, deuterocanonical writings and things like that. But the so-called Book of Enoch, and then there's like a a book of of Lilith and different things that... um, Basically, three sources. Some of these types of works come from ancient Hebrew 
writings, and then there were some books that were in what they called the intertestamental period from Malachi to Matthew, and then the, the quote-unquote Gnostic Gospels are from 200 to 400 years after the life of Christ. Let me just say this. These are kind of like a historical curiosity. Um, there's one book called Ecclesiasticus that actually quotes the book of Proverbs. So let me, let me say it's, these are nothing to necessarily fear, uh, and it's fine to know about them or even maybe read them as a historical curiosity, but these are not Scripture. And the canon of Scripture, the Old Testament, Genesis through Malachi, never really questioned. Matthew through Revelation, we know what the early church recognized and what now for 2,000 years has been viewed as Scripture. But uh, there was, I mean, there was something called the Book of Enoch, the Epistle of Enoch, these are historical curiosities, but they're not Scripture and ne never were seen as such. And one last thing, not, neither the apostles, the early church leaders, nor Jesus himself ever quoted for any, from any of these types of things as Scripture. So uh, beware, I would Amen. say. Amen. Thank you, Ron. Thank you for your call. We're going to go as many questions as we can. And it may just be me or uh, Alex answering. So let's go to Texas and talk to Matt. Matt, welcome. Matt, are you there? Uh, yes, I am. Go right ahead. You're on the radio. All right. Thank you. So uh, with the official release of the UAPs, which are also known to most people as UFOs, uh, from the Pentagon, what is your take on possible aliens, uh, alien creatures uh, from other worlds or even from here? Uh, some people think they are living here among us. We just don't know it type of thing. Um, or, or do you think it's a complete cover-up? Is, uh, is it the great deception that we uh, know is coming uh, down the pipeline in Revelation? Um, and, and does it tie the Ezekiel 1-4 uh, through 28 and how he was taken by a fiery chariot without dying? Okay. Uh, thank you, Matt. Alex, uh, I have to admit I'm skeptical uh, of, mm -hmm. of UFOs. They, they are unidentified by a lot of folks, uh, but I'm not sure aliens are a part of that. What about uh, you? And, and I'm glad you're bringing this up because, you know, this is current events and these are things worth knowing about. Okay, the, the famous phrase UFO that really became part of the public vernacular in the 70s, unidentified flying object. And then more recently, they used the term UAP, unidentified aerial phenomenon. Um, first of all, a lot of this is explainable in terms of natural phenomenon, um, like military aircraft being tested, experimental things. And you know what? I, I wouldn't rule out the Pentagon report actually being a div diversion. Uh, for one thing, there's a lot of the public that wants there to be uh, evidence for alien life. And, you know, Bert, let me just say there's, um, there's counter-terrorism, counter-intelligence, and oftentimes throughout our nation's history and world history, governments have done things that are really kind of a red herring to divert people's attention rather than have people focus on something that's being developed. So maybe this Pentagon report is to get people to th be thinking about, you know, spacemen and extraterrestrials. 
Uh, I, I just don't know. I, I, Bert, I'm going to say this, and feel free to disagree. I don't rule out the possibility of some of what we think are UFOs to be manifestations of demons. And I'll tell you why. Because there have been um, UFOs that move in such a way as to absolutely defy the laws of physics. Um, and also, of the people that have claimed to have communicated with aliens, which don't try to do that, don't do that, whenever there has been an alleged message from an extraterrestrial, it is always, always something very counter to, if not vehemently against, the biblical worldview. Let me share so this I, with you. Yeah. Demonic, it being demonic more than alien is, mm -hmm. is really more real than the other. I agree yeah. with you, Alex. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. Let's go to Kansas and talk to Larry. Larry, oh, no. welcome to Exploring the Word. Well, hey, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm calling to request prayer for my daughter. Uh, the place where she's working uh, is making it mandatory for her to receive the COVID uh, vaccine. Uh, she's already had COVID. She's got the COVID antibodies. And so she has written a uh, letter requesting a religious uh, exemption. And I would just like to pray uh, that the people reading that, her letter, uh, would, would have a softened heart and, uh, and uh, grant her that, uh, that exemption. Okay. I uh, will do it, Larry. Alex? Uh, would you mind leaving us in prayer for Larry's daughter for, uh, I, I, you know, her to have grace and that uh, her employers to have some uh, sound judgment on this? Go ahead. Father God, we pray for workers everywhere. Even an email I got earlier today, a man uh, going through the very same thing. And we pray for Larry's daughter. And Father God, uh, people's medical history is a very personal thing. And, and I just pray you'll keep people safe, um, but keep our liberties secured. And so, Lord, intervene. Thy will be done. And help people, help our nation. And I pray, please, Lord, prevent uh, political uh, maneuvering to take away the rights of people and help in this regard. We lift it up to you. In Christ's name I ask it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Larry. Thank you for trusting us. Uh, this is a yes. big Bible study group, and in Bible study groups, you have prayer needs, and that's a real one. Thank you again. Let's go to Oklahoma and talk to Richie. Richie, welcome. Uh, yeah, good afternoon. Uh, appreciate uh, your ministry and uh, your wisdom. And uh, my question today is uh, is concerning uh, Babylon in uh, Revelation 17 and 18. And uh, I know there was uh, there's prophecies in uh Isaiah and Jeremiah about the uh, uh, Babylon in the Old Testament before Christ, and some of those were fulfilled. But uh, what's your thoughts about Babylon uh, being in Revelation being symbolic uh, versus uh, an actual location? Certainly, I think it represents the the evil of the world, uh, religion and and economics, uh, etc. But uh, mm -hmm. could you comment on that today? Okay, Richie, thank you for your call. Alex, uh, the United States per se is not listed, but a lot of folks think uh, that the 
uh, characteristics that are given to Babylon sure does have some characteristics of the United States. And at least it has characteristics of Western civilization, doesn't it? Well said, Bert. Well said. And by the way, we do cover this in the new book, um, the top 100 questions from the first 10 years of exploring the word. Uh, you know what? It's interesting. The, the word of God mentions three Babylons, a city in Genesis 11, a church in Revelation 17, and a country or a world system in Revelation 18. Now, um, I, I think we have to keep these these separate. Uh, Nimrod, the hunter, built the ancient city of Babylon that came in under its uh, greatest power during the time of Nebuchadnezzar, and we talked about that in Daniel 4. But really, in the book of Revelation, when, when it talks about mystery Babylon, uh, Revelation 17 uh, it's also calls it the mother of harlots. And this mystery Babylon is this false church, this apostate church. Now, there is political Babylon that, that seems to be referenced in Isaiah 50 and 51. Some have wondered, is the political Babylon the, the USA? Is it the West? Bert, I tend to think, and, and you feel free to disagree because some of this is speculative, while it, it does indicate that the mystery Babylon may emanate from Rome and political Babylon will be the governmental systems of the Antichrist that are enforced all around the globe, I tend to think these things are going to be global. There's going to be uh, demonic false religion around the world. There's going to be really a Marxist prison camp that is planet earth and it, it will reach around the world so um you know it all may be emanating from rome which is like the false jerusalem uh but it's going to be global um but i'll tell you one thing we do know for sure that we can be ready to be with jesus uh either through death or the rapture and that readiness begins by the the moment you put your faith in christ and uh that's a uh, a step I would urge everybody to take if they haven't already. The Bible does not make everything known to us about eschatology, about things. It gives us enough to know that it's going to be real, that Jesus is answering, that we need to be ready. And uh, that is the biggest issue, that one about the virgins over in Matthew, being ready. Have you, have your lamps lit? Have it already. I, thank you so much much, Richie. Let's go to Florida and talk to Billy. Billy, welcome. Hello. I could go on two hours saying how much I love you guys. I've been listening to you for years. I've learned so oh, much man. about God and Jesus through you. So first of all, thank you, thank you, thank you. We don't have the two hours, I know. So oh. get to my question. You are so kind. I have a, yeah. <laughs> well, you all are awesome. I have a friend, this actually applies to a lot of, a friend, of friends of mine, but this one friend in particular, whenever I try to talk about God or Jesus, he kind of shuts me down in the beginning. I'm guessing he had a bad, um, you know, experience with Christianity in the past. He's kind of into the mysticism thing, etc. What I'm wondering is, if there was one shot, if I had one shot, one book, one DVD, one whatever to offer this guy, or if I could just say, hey, you know, um, just listen to this or watch this or read this. That's all I ask. We'll never talk about it again. Do you, is there anything like that? You know what I'm saying? I do. Hey, Billy, there's a lot of people out there. They don't want to hear it, but they need to hear it. 
keep on that relationship, build on it, and minister and be ready. Uh, be salt, uh, what I mean by living the Lord, and it'll make him a little bit thirsty for what you have. And where he's going to watch you more than any place else is, is during the difficult times. When difficult times come and we as believers uh, have the joy, have courage and strength, it really makes a difference in those people who are watching. But Alex, his question has to do with the one shot. Uh, Billy Graham's got some that really good track, the Four Spiritual Laws. There's some good stuff out there, isn't there? There is, and you know what? I, I don't know. I was even as you were asking the question, I was kind of saying a prayer. You know how to answer this. This is a long shot, but it might be good if you could ask him if you could watch a movie together. And it's the movie, The Case for Christ, and it is the story of Lee Strobel. And and let me just say this. I've known Lee Strobel for over 20 years. Um, my friend Gary Habermas was one of my, well, he was the mentor on uh, my thesis in graduate school. And I remember those days once he just kind of remarked about some reporter from the Chicago Tribune wanted to talk to him. And uh, Strobel has a law degree from Yale. Um, you got to understand, guys like Lee Strobel, uh, J. Warner Wallace, who was an atheist and a cold case homicide detective, Jim Wallace could crack the cases that were unsolvable. Both of these guys looked at the evidence, they were going to refute Christianity, and they became convinced and they became believers. The, the Lee Strobel movie, and I mean, you can get it anywhere, but it's called The Case for Christ. Look, I know the people on that screen, many of them, and I know the story, and that is a true story. Yeah. And Strobel was a, an incredibly rigorous, tough skeptic, and he became convinced that this is real. And ask your friend, hey, could we watch this movie? Look, let's just watch this movie, and you tell me if, if this guy is, is for real, because it does clearly present the reality of Jesus. Alex, great. Great answer, and I'm not just saying that. That is fantastic. And let me say, notice the role of Lee's wife. Listen, yes. having that individual. Angie was there for you uh, in your yeah. salvation. My Jan Leslie was, was there for Lee. Yeah, Stone. yeah. And my wife Jan was there for me in my discipleship and following Christ. Uh, so great answer, Billy. We're gonna be praying for your friend. Randall, Lee, call us back. We'd love to get to your questions. We couldn't today. But thank you for listening to Exploring the Word. And may God bless you. Go to church this weekend. Glorify yes, the Lord yes. Jesus Christ and tell someone about this program. But more importantly, tell them about Jesus. <laughs>